is the Gravy for the Brain podcast. Mr. Pete McIntyre! Thank you very much, Margaret Ashley. I'm going to hide you. Pete Nottage, hello. Hello. Hello, how are you? Yes. Okay, rule 101 then. That, that's a microphone. <laughs> yes, yes. No, I was just going to say, this is, I am just... I talk. Thank you for coming. Uh, for a living, and this is the most petrified I've been in a long, long time. Even in front of the kind of like 10 million... Yeah, it doesn't matter about that. It doesn't matter about this. This room is just like, yeah, the most petrifying. So if I just, uh, just collapse in a minute, then that's... <laughs> okay. Should we just give him another big round of applause, make him feel a bit better? Sure. Okay. Good. Yeah, good, good, good. All right, Pete, tell us, how did you start? How did you get into this case? So I started in radio straight from school. Um, I presented a radio station up in Macclesfield called Silk FM. I came in and did the whole, you know, running the desk, pushing the buttons, eventually building up to making promos for the station. And then one day someone said, uh, we're short-staffed, do you want to do the football show? I didn't know anything about football at all, so I said yes! And uh, it, was, it was terrible, really terrible, because it was a phone-in show. And uh, there were people that called up. I mean, I did my best. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I was absolutely terrible. That guy with the ball was good, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, that was it, that was it. Can you explain the offside rule? I had no idea, and from that they got me in to do some uh, live football uh, analysis. They got me down to the, the, the football stadiums and uh, they had a proper commentator and then they'd pass to me and I'd say, yes, that, that, that was a goal, it went, yes. And um, yeah, then it just went, went on from there. Um, so that was your big break? That, that was my big question too. Yes. The big break was football. Now, what, what was your break into kind of mainstream? So I uh, was working in 2005 on air and I think I was playing a game called Train Ticket Top Trumps where um, I was just playing a game with the, it was the newsreader and we just had a stack of, of train tickets and we would um, trade them off with each other a la Top Trumps. Uh, I didn't really need to explain that, it was self-explanatory. Um, and then someone called up from Channel 4 and said, I really enjoyed what you did there. And I thought uh, someone was having a laugh and they said, do you want to come down and, um, and do a demo for us to do continuity? And I thought, yes, because I don't know what continuity is. <laughs> um, so I did a little bit of internet searching. I think Google was still a thing then, back in 2005. Um, and they, um, they, me, they, they uh, got me to come down. They, I came down for an interview on uh, the 7th of the 7th, 2005. So I was on a train and then I got a phone call saying, yeah, don't come down because uh, we're all going home. Um, and then I came down the following day, which was the safest day in London's history. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, no, I came, came in, did uh, what I thought was a passable interview. They told me it was a terrible interview, but the voice was okay. <laughs> um, and yeah, on, on the way, on the train home, they called up and said, yeah, you got the gig. And, and the rest is uh, a, a blur. Because that not just goes to prove though that networking is the key thing. I mean, it's a bit like um, Marcus Bentley's story about... Um, how chickens. Actually, chickens. About, yeah, about he loves the chickens or whatever it was. And how we actually get hired for these gigs is almost arbitrary that's sometimes. It, that's it. There, there's, there is an awful, awful lot of luck. Um, and 
You make your own luck, of course. Yeah, I totally believe that. You have to put yourself in the position yeah. to, for where luck can find you. Yes, definitely. Uh, but, you know, sometimes it comes down to the way you pronounce the word chickens. Mm. <laughs> or top trumps with train tickets. Yeah, ticket. train ticket top trumps. Yeah, which I want to talk to you more about that later on, because I, I don't get it at all. Neither did I. It's just a filler. Okay, so we know you... Um, we're going to talk more about continuity in a, in a while, mainly because I what I know about continuity sounds like what you know about it when you started the gig with Channel yes, 4. Yes, yes, essentially. Yeah, which is just amazing. Um, but um, before that, you, you do a lot of other voiceover. I mean, you've done station items, promos, you're the, it was BBC Six you were doing. Tell us about the rest I, of your career. So I, I was the, the voice of, uh, of Six Music with, with Gina. Uh, we were there for about two, three years together. Um, I've done various bits it all kind of happened around about the same time uh, that Channel 4 started something to do with being in London and being available to do voice work kind of helps um, I remember uh, one of my first weeks down in London I was just doing a bit of kind of phoning up people and someone just said yes do you want to come in uh, we've got what was it an online um, advert that we need voice and we think your voice would be all right for Nokia, I think it was. It was a new Nokia phone for the new thing, and that was my first kind of foray into actual voiceover. And they said, "Is two thousand pounds okay?" And I was twenty-one, and I thought, "That'll do me. I don't no idea what's going on." Um, and I thought, "I could probably make some money out of this." Mm. How the industry has changed. Oh yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> It's quite amazing, isn't it? Your first, both of your first gigs were like knockout gigs, and you're like, oh yeah, this looks like a good career. Yeah. <laughs> then the following gigs are, here's 20 pounds. All right, okay. Yeah. Very good. Okay, so um, let's go into continuity then. Um, we, we also have one of the ladies, who, where is she? Who's the uh, ITV continuity in here? There she is. ITVB, yeah. yeah. Well, we've also got David, who's uh, BBC Continuity. Jesus Christ, what are you all doing here? You know all this shit already. <laughs> Second? Continuity. Brilliant, yeah. amazing. Should we just quit? Yeah, the bar? Say, Everyone knows this. Okay, but now, let's, for everybody else, let's talk about continuity. Um, so, you, uh, just explain the process of an average day for you. What, what do you do? Uh, okay, there, there's... It's it's different for whichever channel that, that you're on. So uh, they are. So you so do. I do, I do channel E4. four, E4, a uh, little bit of more for four seven, um, and is there any other channel? Uh, I don't do film for. That's it. Um, so it, depending on, on on what channel you do, you you have different things. Some channels are live. Some are pre-recorded. Um, but the key thing, the constant thing throughout all the channels it is self-scripted and this is the key difference between kind of continuity and voiceover it's very specialized it's kind of continuity is a half and half I was talking to Peter this morning he said this is exactly what it is it's half and half between broadcasting and voiceover mm. um, it's self-written um, you need to have a good knowledge of the uh, Ofcom broadcast code uh, so you don't say fuck or bugger on air. Gina. <laughs> no, I think I think shit's okay. Oh. <laughs> okay. Um, I think they, a few months ago they had Ofcom released this list of all the swear words. Um, Great reading. Oh, it is amazing. <laughs> I'm not going to repeat any of them, but it was it was just saying yeah, don't say this, don't say this, don't say this. Yeah. this we're, not, we're not regulated by Ofcom here. You say what you want. It's fine. <laughs> Um, and I've completely forgotten the question. Well, well so writing scripts. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. So, it, on an average run of shifts, if I was on Channel 4, I would, um, I'd normally be in the Channel 4 office 
for a day, scripting ahead, script the following day, maybe the day after that if there's time. Um, and that would just normally take office hours, nine to five kind of thing. The following day, I would go over to our transmission centre, which is in Shepherd's Bush, White City, uh, at about midday, and tidy up the scripts for that evening, make sure that they're tight, uh, make sure that uh, they've got legal approval, because obviously um, you can't say whatever you want to say. You, you are bound by some form of uh, restrictions. Uh, so you have to clear it with lawyers and you have read-throughs and it goes, an average script goes through about six or seven people before it goes out on air. Um, and the key thing is to... Even make, the live ones? Even the live ones, yes. Okay. And the key thing is to make it sound as natural as possible like you've just <laughs> thought of it. Um, so there's never any deviation even on the live ones? about what's happened in maybe programs beforehand or anything? You, 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 can, you can react, um, in fact, I, when, I'm, when I'm on E4, I kind of react a bit more naturally to, to the program. Generally, uh, we have a thing on E4, whenever there's an episode of Hollyoaks and something dramatic happens, you'll hear one of us say, blimey, at the end. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a, it's a given now. Um, and then, yes, yeah, so uh, the on-air shift, the live on-air shift uh, is nearest, damn it, 12 hours. You're talking probably midday till midnight or just before. Uh, normally, That's two, shift. three of those in a row, yeah. Um, and then... And you're doing it live. And you're doing that on live. On the 11th hour. Yes. <laughs> you, you uh, after you come in in the... In the um, at midday, you're not on air straight away. You get a chance to kind of get your bits together. So you are, you are live, live in an evening from about 6 p.m. till midnight. And and I should just say thank you because Pete was supposed to be on shift tonight and cancelled it just to come here. So thank you very much. For that. You essentially appeared in my ego. <laughs> All right, so tell me about the time slot, because if you're worried about talking to these people, like five million people with a button in your hand and getting that wrong, that would worry me a bit. How does that work? How does the, how does the technicalities of it work and how does it feel? So gen generally speaking, you, you have uh, you, your, your slot, your available space is about 15 seconds every half hour or however long the program is. Um, and you have a countdown. Right? You you have a countdown. You can have uh, you can choose to have someone count in your ears if you want. Um, I can't stand that to be fair because I have a clock in front of me and I can see uh, time ticking down. Um, it's an it's an amazing skill actually to to learn to be able to read a script and also not actually look at that script because you're looking at the time tick down in the corner. But you're not doing that because you're looking at making sure that the next program is the next program on the screen in front of you. You're making sure that everything is working there. You're making sure that there's a network director. There's a lot of things to look at. And uh, I would imagine the first couple of times you do that is a bit. Oh yeah, something. yeah, did dum did dum did dum all the time. Um, it still is, to be fair. At the start of every shift, there is still that little bit of, you know, 15 years down the line, 13 years. Um, it's still an amazing feeling. So um, it sounds analogous to me, like the DJs who try not to crash the vocals with their countdown yeah, time. Yeah, it, it is exactly the same. It's all to do with back timing. Uh, Channel 4 uh, itself has a, a, a history of having... Do you remember the Channel Ident that would... Um, They'd, they'd be all bitty and then at the end of the ident they'd all come together to form a big four yeah, and everything like that there's so uh, there was so much maths that went into those announcements because you had to finish and say on four at the same time that that uh, 
it resolved into into the thing. And it was I'm terrible at maths at the best of times, so it was just guesswork. Um, I've forgotten the question completely. Well, let me let me change it again then. Have you had any what we shall now term shit bongs? Oh yes. No, actually, I've not. I've I've not done. I've not done any fuck all buggers. Uh, but uh, in terms of balls ups, absolutely. You are not. <clears throat> A continuity announcer worth your salt, unless you've fucked up somewhere, <laughs> because it shows that you've been able to get out of it and you're still alive. Right. <laughs> and when it gets down to zero, 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 you are cut off. You are cut off completely. Yes. So it doesn't matter if you're halfway through a word. Touch it. Mm -hmm. um, generally, um, that's because well, with Channel Four, uh, all the commercials come from a different server, and um, the powers that be don't trust us with microphones when there's commercials on because commercials pay everyone's bills okay so what happens when it does go wrong though well you've got you this is why um, this is why live continuity is a very key thing because yeah th things can go wrong uh, things can happen in the news things people can die um, and that's when you really earn your crust you have to the whole role of continuity is to be a curator if you want the kind of the wanky expression to guide people around the televisual <laughs> topology of the um, you know, that's quite good yeah and in the right time frame well then yeah. um, you you have to keep people informed you have to do all the, the the usual stuff and you try and even though something has gone wrong a program has fallen off air you need to keep people with your channel because every second that they're not is every second that they're with a rival mm. um, I was saying please um, do there, there was a key moment, I remember, we've got a programme called Stand Up to Cancer. Uh, I think we've been having it for about four or five years now, maybe even longer. And the first one of those, I was on shift, and just before I was about to go home, it fell off the air for 20 minutes. <gasps> Look what I've just written. When the station goes wrong, yeah, what happens? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, that, that, was, that was 20 minutes worth of padding, which was, which was quite fun. Um, what, what do you do? I, I mean, don't do the whole 20 no, minutes. No, no, no. In, in that... Throwing uh, trunks. Uh, yeah, no, I wish. In that time, I, I had about three pages, three A4 pages worth of standby scripts, just on the off chance. And I thought, there we go, that's my So I burnt through that in about a minute and a half. <laughs> and then I was just on empty. I was riffing, I was saying, if you go onto Channel 4 HD now, you can see exactly the same thing as you see it now, but in high definition. <laughs> <laughs> high definition blackness. <laughs> um, I think I did the old IT crowd thing of turn it off and on again. It was... Um, yeah, yeah, that, that was a... I did not get any sleep that night, I can tell you. <laughs> um, and then luckily, right at the end, yes, it just kind of came back and I thought, right, that, that's me. I'm going home yeah, for a week. <laughs> tell me then, um, do you do one show in one shift? Or do you... Because I, mean, I would imagine swapping from Mando on Channel 4 to E4 and it's all, you know, um, or do you actually jump through them? They... My, my shifts... Uh, all the announcers at Channel 4 work, work slightly different patterns. Um, we try as much as possible to keep you on a run of the same shift and then give you enough time off to kind of re-equate re yourself with a different channel. But sometimes, yeah, you've got to fill in for a, a, another shift. So yes, you would be kind of going from you know, a very serious documentary on, on Channel 4 about the plight of whatever to 
talking about tits on E4 or whatever, you know. Um, and yeah, you just got to... Oh, wonderful. <laughs> okay, so um, last question, I suppose. What's on your VO bucket list? What's still left? I would... I have no idea. I, I mean, would... Gina's robbed them all. Well, yeah. So you can't can. do all hers. <laughs> What's for you? I'll have, I'll have uh, Gina's leftovers. <laughs> I would love to do continuity for Radio 4, if I'm being brutally honest. Really? Yes. Um, because... No, I just love it. Um, I couldn't tell you why. I just like that that idea. Um, Very good. Yeah, no punchline to that or anything. No, right. <laughs> I know. Lovely. Thank you. Listen, Pete Nottage. Big hand, everybody. Thank you. I found that fascinating. Really. Thank you. Questions for Pete. Who has a question for Peter? Yes. Hold fire there. Hello. Hello. Um, how long did it take you to adjust to the sort of script writing element of being a continuity announcer? Oh, that's a good question. Um, it would probably be probably a good month, I'd say, to kind of really get into that because the 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 thing whenever whenever anyone new comes into the channel and tries to do as a script, they write like they think we think they should write, if that makes sense. What makes a brilliant continuity announcer is, is a natural flow. You are talking to your mates in the pub, or you're talking to your auntie, or depending on the channel, depending on the audience, you're talking one-on-one -on -one to that person. And writing down a direct one-on-one -on -one dialogue is more tricky than it sounds, and quite a lot of people can't do it, which is why I suppose quite a lot of people coming into continuity come through radio to mm. do it, because it is that conversational, one-on-one, um, -on -one, uh, personal thing, and quite a lot of voiceovers that I've had come through who have got amazing voices, they haven't, they can't get the scripting right, and that's where it falls down. The voice part is only a tiny part compared to the rest of it. Yeah, and did you have writing experience anyway before you got into this? Um, no, not really, no. Um, it was uh, just train ticket tumps, wasn't it? That, that was essentially it, yes. Um, I, I went through a phase of, of writing my radio links right at the start, um, and then before, you know, obviously building up the confidence to just riff. Mm. Um, but, yeah, no. Good. Okay. Who's next? Oh, sorry. <laughs> right next to her again. This is like the Phillips saga all over again. Um, going back to the scripting, was it part of the audition process for Channel 4 where you had to write the scripts and they analysed it and said that's entertaining I honestly not. cannot remember although I can't remember anything that happened this morning to be fair <laughs> uh, I'm going to say yes um, because yes because it sounds better to you yes it does <laughs> let, me, let me also ask then throw it back to you your continuity for ITV uh, yeah so it was part of my audition process I had to submit scripts and then they looked at it before even inviting me in for an an audition, so just wondering whether it's the same with Channel 4. I think it probably is. It's probably quite universal, I think. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to stay at the back. Yes, Abby. <laughs> I was wise to do so. Yes, thank you. Um, so, kind of similar to the past two questions, um, did you find that uh, with the script writing that you found yourself repeating yourself with several scripts and that you'd often with each different uh, program that you'd find yourself repeating the scripts or that, where did you find your inspiration from to get the new material for new scripts? That is a real risk in continuity because, for instance, 
E4, I don't know if you know this, but E4 like to show the Big Bang Theory quite a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Normally, eight times a day. Um, and if you don't kind of keep thinking about the words you're, you're saying, it, it becomes really apparent that you're just reading and you sound dull and lifeless. So you've got to constantly keep listening to what you're saying and going, is there another way I could say this? What's this person saying? Let's watch this channel. Oh, they're saying this this way. Let's experiment. And so there's... Yeah, you're never kind of finished learning with that. It's a it's a real process of, of constant just watching telly. And I don't like telly that much. No, hence Radio 4. Yes. Any other questions? Yes. So all you guys at the front, think of some questions, will you? So if you actually had to, to deal with... <laughs> So if you actually had to deal with a death live on air, panic? Yes, completely panic, yes. No, that we, we have processes for uh, obituaries. Hang on, wait a second here. Margaret, have the mic, say it again. So if you actually had to die, uh, deal with a, a death or something like that on stage and it was live and you had to pad, are you making it all up from your own memory or...? Do you have scripts? Obituaries are, are slightly different because obviously they're, they're a lot more serious than someone accidentally unplugging something or, or anything. So uh, we have a, depending on what exactly has happened, we have a, a, a bank of scripts that we have to go to that have been legally approved that um, you cannot deviate from. Um, yeah. If anything goes if anyone passes away during daytime, you really hope that the news team are ready to to pick it up. If not, then yes, you've, you've got paragraphs of, of things to read, and um, I've not had one of those yet. Touch wood. Okay, and on to the happier subject. <laughs> Do you ever find yourself listening to other continuity announcers on other channels? All the time. All the time. Normally in a um, quite a critical way when I'm kind of, I've just come back from a shift and I put on a channel and go, what the fuck is that? It's a waste of 10 seconds. <laughs> there we have another question. Yes. Jonas. Um, so just to make sure I've sort of got the, the shift idea right when you're doing it live. So you'll, you'll do like a continuity in between two shows. Mm -hmm. Yes. What are you doing when the show's on? Like you're, you're 30 minutes? Always writing ahead so you'll be writing the following day. Eating. And eating. eating. Cup of tea. Person. Yeah, check in Facebook. No, you are writing the following day um, because you have, well, yeah, six hours of shows. No, more than six hours because you've got... Uh, the overnights. If you've got you've got a lot of shows to watch and, and to write up and, and make notes on, so you are it's a constant um, hamster wheel of, of of writing, and because of that, you're not sure from one day to the next which shows are on when. If that makes sense. Um, as a follow up to that. As a follow up to that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, do you get to watch like if a show is going to air the next day and it's going to be a big premiere sort of thing? Do you? watch the whole episode or do you get footnotes like, just nice you, you get footnotes you, you have uh, press listings so the press team would, would write up uh, a few paragraphs for you if you're very lucky you could see the programme as well tend not to see too much of it because then you instinctively will, will pop spoilers in there without even 
uh, intentionally doing it. So I tend to watch just the first five minutes, get a flavour of something, and then just just leave it because too much information is, is a bad thing sometimes. How many? Uh, how much would you have to be paid to watch ten episodes of Big Bang Theory back to back? On E4 on a Saturday, we have I think we have thirteen episodes back to back. So um, wow. Yeah. And on that day, everybody, Pete Nottage. Thank you so much. <laughs> That was the internet radio show from gravyforthebrain.com. Don't forget to check out our other great podcasts.